The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Very active starting a business. It takes a lot of gumption. I really want to dig in deep, figure out what makes these people tick, how they are leveraging their success to make the rest of the world a better place. You know, maybe have a couple of giggles along the way. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Kilroy Report, the podcast that shares the stories of entrepreneurs and agency owners doing extraordinary things in an ordinary world. Now here's your host, Tim Kilroy. Hey, everybody, it's Tim. Welcome to the Kilroy Report, where we talk about ordinary people who do extraordinary stuff, which is when... my friend Ben McClellan is is that sort of person. So I'm going to run through a, a laundry list of things that I, I know and love about you. So you are a super dad. You are a gentleman farmer. You uh, are a Chinese philosopher. You are a baker. You were also, you've had some internet fame by working on, on some rocket ships like Traffic and Funnels as yep. director of client services. And I've forgotten the agency that you worked for briefly uh, as the COO. And additionally, you are a master troller on Facebook. <laughs> so really, which is, it is that snarky, bitter part of you that I think I enjoy the most. It's like delicious, dark roast coffee. <laughs> and, and so did, did I capture everything there? Yeah, man, that's, that's probably the, the best introduction I've ever gotten. So I, I appreciate that. It's well, it is quite accurate too. <laughs> yeah, well, thank, thank goodness my liberal arts degree didn't go to waste. Yeah. So, and the reason why I wanted to chat with you, Ben, is it actually has to do with that philosophical bent you bring to everything. And I know that you talk about, often in your, your Facebook musings, you're talking about seasons and about energy and about flow and about presence. And I wanted to talk about what's been going on with your business since you have struck out on your, your own, which is, it's not the first time, but the first time in this incarnation, right? Yeah. And I'd love to talk about some of the things you thought about when you decided to start the Empowered CEO, and you can tell us what that is. And then I want to talk about what happened once you did. Yeah. And so then we can leverage that discussion into something where we're talking about like, how do you make plans and how do you manage yourself when the plans aren't exactly right or the world does, the world throws other stuff at you, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell me, yeah. So tell me about the, the Empowered CEO. Sure. So a little bit of backstory. And the reason I'll share this is I think... I'm a big fan of people seeing a holistic picture. And I think if I just kind of went into, oh, I launched and I got this number of clients and I was doing this amount of revenue, I think it's going to leave some people going, well, why aren't I doing that? Right. So just to back up like a little bit, you mentioned traffic and funnels and I was there for a couple of years. I saw over a thousand people come through those programs there and created a ton of relationships and I'm saying that because like, I really think that my time there and the network that I was able to build is a huge reason why my business has performed the way that it has this year. Now, obviously like I have to do stuff to get people results and all of that, but I think the foundation of it all really was like network. 
So <clears throat> I left TF last August, August 2019, sorry. So mm-hmm. a year and a little more. Yeah, ago. In, in the, in like, yeah, that's, was that in the before times, before COVID? Yes. We yep. could actually talk to people, not yeah. through Zoom? Okay, yeah. yeah. Yes. Although I prefer Zoom in a lot of situations. That, me too. I, 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 <laughs> Us introverts. Me, you know? So I left there. I did a six-month stint as a COO at a, a PR firm based in New York City. And it just became clear day by day and people reaching out to me weekly asking for coaching that I just needed to do my own damn thing. So I launched the Empowered CEO officially in March of of this year, 2020. And basically the focus was helping online coaches, consultants, service providers become a true CEO in their business through stronger leadership, delegation, and strategically backing out of certain areas of their business, right? So I quickly took on about 12 clients. I was working with all of them one-to-one doing about 25K a month, like cash collected right off the bat, which is just where I wanted to be. So you mentioned goals. That was really like, that was the goal. Okay, I'm going to work four days a week and I'm going to spend about 15 hours in fulfillment each week. And like, I'm going to have a six month program so I don't have to be worried every month about bringing on new clients Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So that was really like the start of it. And I just used my Facebook organic following to fill those initial spots. And that's really where that network from traffic calls like helped me out a lot. So that was kind of the starting point. I don't know if you want to pause there or if you want me to keep going. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. I think so. So let's, so we're, so, so let's stop. Well, actually let's stop right there and talk about how how did you come up with that, that 25 K goal, 25 K a month goal? Yeah. 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 So it really came back to the goals that my wife and I had talked about, like at the beginning of the year, it was like a lot of it was financial goals, but it was also having to do with like projects that we wanted to do around the house, vacations we wanted to take some, some debt that we wanted to pay off like different things. And so I said, okay, what is the number that I actually need to hit this year to like, to, basically check these things off the list. So it was like very tactical and kind of logical, but, you know, behind that, I knew that hitting those things was also going to help us feel like, yeah, we're making progress and and this is awesome. So that was the number. And at that time, I felt like this is very doable for me. I've never, I had never made like 25K in a month. I I didn't need anyone else in the business. So it was just going to be me. So essentially it's like, tiny bit of overhead. It's like, that's income. So that's a lot of chicken feed. Yeah, exactly. We can feed the sheep and the chickens and and the kids and we'll be fine. So it was really that. And I, I also was very aware when setting up this business that I would not, I would not burn myself out and I would not sacrifice being able to be present with my family. And that's something I had experienced for the years prior, basically, I would say two and a half years prior to that. So I just, it just felt like that number was doable. I could handle the output needed to get there and I could still show up as the husband, dad that I wanted to be. Yeah. Okay. So great. So you, so you had this tactical goal, right? And you worked, you planned the work and worked the plan and you got there. Fantastic. But then stuff changed, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So I didn't share this part with you actually. So in, I want to say it was April, someone I had been connected to at TF had, you know, reached out to me and they said, look, we're looking to, to establish a U.S. based team. They're based in Australia. And would you be interested in helping us do that? And what that would entail is like learning how they coach their clients and their process and also helping to find talent here. Sure. And at that point I had bandwidth, like my business was like pretty low in terms of my time needed to just kind mm-hmm. of maintain it. So I took that on and it was, it was interesting because I had just launched this thing and I had hit my target. And like, as I look back on it now, I was like, why the hell did I say yes to that? <laughs> um, because like, obviously it's a complete distraction from like moving your business forward. But I, I thought I was cool. Like I didn't really think I wanted to grow the business beyond that 25 K a month. So I went and on this project and they essentially wanted me to come on full time and like not be a COO necessarily, but be their U.S. partner and really help yeah. them grow here. And I thought through it and I said, you know what, it's an, it's a great opportunity. And like, I love the guys that run that company, but I said, you know what, I have to go all in on me. And so I had that conversation with them. We took a few months just to wrap up what I was doing and make, I'm a big fan of like healthy transitions and not screwing over the people Mm -hmm. that you're working with. So I I did that. And then in August, I had identified this common need with all of my previous clients. Basically, most of them needed help with their fulfillment systems. And I have expertise there. So I said, well, if I want to create more consistency in my business and maybe even grow beyond that 25K uh, a month that I'm at now, I think I need like a quote unquote front end offer. So I'd put out an offer in August around fulfillment systems, (coughs) excuse me, and got a ton of interest to the point where August was 3X more in terms of cash collected than any other month I had done prior to that. And so I said, oh, well, shit, I'm kind of onto something here. So <laughs> what, what am I going to do? And so, and then September ended up being like second biggest month. I had a few more clients come on there. And so, yeah, I don't know how far you want me to go, but yeah. it was basically an eye opener of, well, 25K is like, is fine. Like I could have just sustained yeah. there, but right. there's a need here that I can help with. and. Sure. And I think I can still do it in the four days a week and being present with my family. And you have kids who might want to go to college someday. Yeah, exactly. As the parent of two college students. Yeah. 25K is not very much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, 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 so far, this sounds pretty easy, right? Like, like you showed up, hung out your shingle and all of a sudden you're 25K a month. And then you like take a flyer and you're like, oh, well, now I'm at 75K a month or whatever. So like it was, we both know, like, even though it sounded easy and, but we, lately we should note that like you pulled out all your hair doing that. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm bald. I wasn't yeah. bald prior to August. Yeah. So do you want me to share like some of the lead up, the actual lead up to that August or? Well, no, actually. So, so, so what would like, how did you deal with unexpected scale? 
Yeah. Like, how did you deal with that change? Right. Cause that, you weren't planning on that. Yeah. And what did you have to do? Like what changes did you have to make in the way that you thought about that you thought about things? Yeah. So <clears throat> initially I would say I, I didn't deal very well with the growth because, and it's funny, I've coached so many people on this same type of thing, but like when it's you, it's different, right? Totally. Uh, because you're special. Yeah. 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 Special, precious and wonderful as my mom used to say. So I, something in me was like, oh, 80K collected, like that's the new benchmark. Yeah. And if you do less than that, then you're failing. And it didn't take me long, but I would say there was probably a month where emotionally I was just like out (laughs) because like, one, that's not true for how I want to operate this business. It was like, cool. Okay. I had an 80 K month, like whatever, like, what do I need to do to actually continue on the path I want to continue on? So I had to work through that. Thankfully I have like a great coach and worked with her on a lot of this stuff and just did self-reflection and just kind of got myself back where I needed to be. So initially didn't handle it that well, but got back on track. And then I said, okay, what do I need to do from here? And uh, thankfully someone in my network that I knew was was really good with fulfillment. I I had a chat with him and basically I said, Hey man, would you be open to just kind of testing out, like coming on board and helping me with this offer? And he said, yes. And we've been doing some work together over the last couple months. Well, month and a half, really. And it's been amazing because I actually think he's better than me at fulfillment systems. Um, By the way, that makes you an empowered CEO. Yes. Yes, (laughs) Or at least getting closer to that. So he's actually got amazing strengths that I don't have. Systems thinker, like he's like an implementing integrator, I would say, where I'm more visionary integrator hybrid. A little bit of Gina Wickman. Yeah. Spread it out through your day. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't realize until like really working alongside is his name. So that's been amazingly helpful because yeah, now it allows me to like start to get out of the weeds a little bit and, and look at what's happening and figure out, okay, where do we go next? Yeah. And, and I think getting out of the weeds is one of those things that's so crucial when I'm working with my agency owners, like the very first thing that we focus on is figuring out what, what things do you do that it doesn't matter if you do them, the outcome's the same, right? Like get those off your plate and and free up your brain. But when it gets to some of the more value driven stuff, and this is especially true of people who start agencies because they're good at something, uh, getting them to pull away from the work the, the delivery side of it is hard because that's where they get all their validation. Uh-huh. And, and my first, actually my, in my second agency, I had to go through that because I had just, I had spent a long time sort of becoming really good at search engine optimization. And then all of a sudden I'm running this agency and I need to step back because I have to run this agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was hard because for a long time, I missed doing that stuff because it's the place that I've lived for a long time. So how do you, when you're working with your, when you're working through this fulfillment and you've got to force these folks to get out of their comfort zone, 
but you've forced them into thinking bigger. How do you guide them through that? And then how did you guide yourself through that? Yeah. So I think with clients, it's funny. It's like one of those things until you ask me that question, I was like, do I really have a process for that? But I, I think what I do is it's like, give them a taste of it, right? Like you say, when you start working with someone, you're looking at all of their actions and like, what can be taken off their plate immediately? Yeah. And I think it's actually just that experience of like, oh, I delegated this action to whoever and everything was fine. And nothing and, fell apart. Yeah, yeah. And just having that experience, even if it's like kind of insignificant, it's significant. Yeah. And so then what you do is like, then there's like even more trust in the work that you're doing with the client. So then they're like, oh, okay, maybe this time I can take a little bit bigger step. When you, you start yep. to stack those delegations and whatever, like yeah. giving uh, team members more ownership and you stack those things week over week. And in six months, the person looks back and goes, holy shit, like my business is completely different. Yeah. I'm completely right. And so, so that's what I do with clients. I think it's just a little bit. And that's why I like working with people for a minimum of six months, because you can actually make amazing progress, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. What you're working on. And then for myself, it's like, I consider myself fairly self-aware. <laughs> so when people, when someone shows up in my circle and I can see like, wow, this person's like better at this stuff than me. Like, how can I empower this person or how can I work with them or like to like move this thing forward? And, and that's been happening a lot for me too. It's like A players keep showing up and they're like, quote unquote, available. So I'm like, huh, what, like, what does this all mean? But not to get too woo, but when trends start happening, I'm paying attention right. and trying to listen to like, what is the message for me here? Right. And obviously the message is you're creating the right environment where A players want to hang out, right? That's, that's the message, right? You let them be themselves, you leverage their strengths and you provide a forum through which they can get that validation that we just talked about, right? Yep. Yeah. And that, that's cool. So let's flip it. So I know that on your meteoric and rocket ship rise to the top, <laughs> where nothing has ever gone wrong, yeah. ever, right? And your kids and your sheep listen to you all the time. So what do you do when, despite your best efforts and your best plans and being as self-aware as you can be, like what happens when all that stacking that you just did, like it all falls down and everything falls apart. And, and by the way, I am an expert in that because I have built and fallen apart more times than anybody I've ever met. Yeah. So I, I haven't had, yeah, at least in this phase of business, I, I, I don't think I've had a everything fall apart moment, but I will tell you this in August when I was having like, when all those sales were rolling in yep. and people were raising their hand, I had this bright idea that I should do virtual events. Well, it's like very COVID of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to be COVID, a COVID friendly business. Yeah. COVID cool. Sure. Got it. So I invested with a coach and, and he, like nothing wrong with him at all. Like he's great. Yeah. He knows his shit. It was, it, I'm not going to sit here and say it was a bad investment. I just think the timing of the investment was not the, the right. Sure. Thing. 
that's on me. So I worked with him very closely to like put together this virtual event and figure out how to use that to bring people into my fulfillment offer on and on. So I spent two months promoting it. I spent one of those months like really preparing the content and like the agenda and all of that. So in October, I didn't bring on a, one new client, right? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, which like cash flow wise, we were totally fine. Sure. It wasn't that, but it was like, shit, I think I actually killed our momentum by saying, oh, let's introduce this new acquisition arm into our business that's like 10 days old. And if like I was coaching one of my clients, I would have been like, no, this is not the time to add virtual events. What are you doing? Double down on what's working. And so so I reflected, I was after the event, I was just that night, like I told my wife, I said, I can't talk to you or anyone right now. It's not you. I just need like, I need to process because I'm really pissed off right now. (laughs) So I processed for a day and over the weekend I was like, okay, I can either just be like angry and grumpy about this, or I can take this anger and fuel it to, to move things forward again. Right. So November, good month, we had, we had some new clients come on. And also what I started to see in November is like people starting to reach out consistently, like in my inbox, which, you know, ha- would happen from time to time, but now yeah. it's almost daily, someone's reaching out and saying, Hey Ben, can we chat? So it was a good lesson of, Hey, you know what, when something's working, you probably need to look at how do I double down on this instead of what new thing do I need to add? Right. Right. So, so do you think that was your, that was like a shiny object thing for you or, or was it just the right thing at the wrong time? Yeah, I think, I think it was two things. Shiny object one. The second thing is that for too long, I haven't fully trusted myself. And so this was a reinforcement of, hey, Ben, you don't need anyone outside of you right now to like tell you how to grow. Like you've invested, not that I won't invest in another, right? But it's like, you have this amazing advisor who is your mindset coach and what steps you need to take next. So just like follow the fucking plan, dude. You know? So, so, and without delving deep into your childhood psyche. So yeah. like, where, where does that, that lack of, that lack of trust come from? Because from the outside, like it's all easy. Like you're, like you're, like you're coasting your way to $80,000 a month. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a good question. So part of it, I think is, that I don't necessarily take time to really acknowledge what what I've quote unquote done. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly sure why still, like still kind of figuring that out, but all it could have to do with like, I'm very passionate about humility and like I even joke about it in, in social and stuff, but yeah. you know, people will say to me, hey Ben, like if you weren't so humble, like, you'd probably have even more people reaching out to you. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. But humility is like a core value. And I'm not going to like, I'm not going to ax that so that my business can grow. Cause sure. like, who gives a shit really. So I, I think sometimes with that humility piece um, 
becomes a a lack the like lack of trust in, in on some level and it's not like i never trust myself but i, I yeah. think when I, when I look at navigating uncharted territory like okay i haven't done 100k month well the easy thing to look at is the message out there of like find someone who's done what you haven't done and you have to and and it's like yeah i get it 100 percent. there are times where you want to invest in someone who's walked yeah. the path before you do totally that's why some clients can work with me, but there's also a time, ditto, right? Same, same here. Yeah. 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 But there's also a time where it's like, okay, I've done that. And I've actually helped people get to and past hundred K months. So like, just trust yourself and like, keep doing. Yeah. So, so I think there, that's like a very chop wood, carry water approach to it. Right. Yeah. At, at some point, all the stuff that you need to know, and it comes time to to do, yeah. right? And I think I think the best coaching clients are the ones who realize, like, oh, I actually already understood that, and a a great mentor gives them permission to do the things that they believe they should do. Yep. And and, and also, I'm passionate about the fact that everybody, every business owner, every practitioner of anything needs to find their own path, right? And it can look like someone else's path or have elements of someone else's path, but at the end of the day, it's yours. And, And I think the best coaches and mentors, they don't necessarily show you the right path. They just stop you from going down the wrong one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. And I love that point doing like a beta offer in January with just a handful of people for this very reason. Will it get me to $150,000 a month? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't have to do any work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Guaranteed. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, yes. But, <laughs> but what, one of the premises of it is like understanding where the individual is, what their superpowers are, and what actions do they need to take t- next instead of what we see in so many programs of like, no, this is how you acquire clients. And it's like, well, maybe that's how you acquired clients, but like, what if that's not the best match for me and my business? Yeah. You right. know? So, and I would love to see more of that. Like, I know we have to have like certain things in a container and systemized and all of that. I'm not against that, but I think we've, in some programs we've gone so far to like cookie cutter and plug and play that it's like the individuals start to lose themselves and then they're growing this business and getting results. But then they're like, wait, who am I? Like, why am I growing? Right. right. It's not their business. Yeah. Like they took the path that this quote unquote mentor took. That's cool. And they're getting great quote unquote results, but (laughs) you're losing yourself in the process. Then like, like what's the point right i like activity doesn't mean ownership yeah right yep. yeah and i think that's so crucial because uh, it's so hard to build something mm-hmm. right unless you're me it, well no the, yeah then it's all it's like it's easy right it's like and, and it's honestly it's like it's all beautiful sourdough bread and and cookies that's yeah. all it is all the time but i think the i think the one of the things that that people forget is it isn't just about the destination, right? It's about the journey you take to get there. And so if you're 
just blindly following someone else's system, then great. Then you're just working in a factory, right? And in, in so many respects, that's why I rail against the, the agency coaches who are like, well, you just go sell and leave the fulfillment to everybody else. Like, oh, it's just whitely, it's fine. Right. And that's, and, and you, you've done nothing but turn yourself into a, an arbitrage trader. You're just, you're just, you're skimming off the top. And, but I think that there's something so powerful in knowing that you've got to build your business. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I would think when things are not going the right way, it's probably because you're not following your path. You're trying to be someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I think one of the common like issues I'll call it that I see is everyone wants to grow their business so fast, right? It's like, if I'm not from zero to 20 K in 90 days, then like this doesn't work and and I've failed. Right. And it's like, well, if we could collectively put some perspective on that, like 10 years ago, how long would it take the majority of people to grow a business from zero to 20 K a month? Yeah. Like a lot longer than 90 days or whatever. It's like, you want to look back. It's like, you can grow so fast. You can grow so fast, but it's also like, that's not necessarily longevity. Uh, As a matter of fact, there's generally speaking, there's an inverse relationship between uh, rapidity of scale and success. Yep. And long-term success, yeah. And also, I, I don't think I have all of these statistics right, but my friend Brad Ferris, who's a great business coach in Chicago, he shared this statistic with me, and I think I've got the, these are, are, are approximate, but but something like ninety percent of businesses never hit seven figures. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's and in the world of internet marketing and courses, like, like everyone thinks like seven figures is a starter business. Yeah. But, and by the way, if you are, if you own 100% of a seven figure business, you're one of the top 2% richest people on the planet. Right. And people don't understand that. They think that seven, that a million dollars is chump change or something. Right. And that it's easy and it's just, it, it's not. Yep. Uh, and actually, and then of, of those that less than 4% of businesses ever hit $10 million. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is like, even if you are a, a million dollar a year business, how much are you actually keeping? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that, that varies a lot. If you're selling a million dollars worth of pies, yeah. you're probably keeping less than if you're selling a million dollars worth of software, but. Yeah. But pies taste better. Yeah. Totally. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So I guess there's, there's compensation comes in all forms. <laughs> you know, a flaky pie crust is worth a lot, I think. Anyways. Yeah. All right. So, so, so before we wrap up, what are some words of perspective that you might have around those, when those times when you're surprisingly successful or surprisingly unsuccessful yeah. or both at the same time, mm-hmm. which, which often happens. So t- tell me, how do you contextualize this in sort of your, in your own sort of Asian inspired, hard scrabble, Pennsylvania farm living philosophy? And yeah. I, I do feel like you should have on some sort of overalls that 
with some sort of terrible culture appropriation on them. But for for our next interview, I'll, I'll make sure. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. So one thing I actually, and I've just started doing this over the last couple of months, given my, my mental break when I hit 80K, is actually defining what success is on a daily basis instead of success is when I hit X amount yeah. of revenue. Sure. So like, and I have it on my background over here. It's, I know I'm being successful when I'm laughing and being light with the boys. I leave work at work. I'm fully present. I'm not stressed about business growth. I have endless energy. I reflect daily. Like I have a list so that I can look at that and go, okay, those are all things that I can actually experience today. Yeah. And if I'm experiencing those, then there's a good chance that I'm showing up and doing the things in my business that I also need to be taken care of. Right. Yeah. So, so that's, that has to do more with the, the Eastern philosophy. And, and yeah, but, but, I th- but I think that's so sort of on point because we are very much a, a, you know, a business culture and a overall culture of destination. Like you can be, you are successful when you hit this external event yeah. or when, like when you get a sports car or, or a particular watch or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I think when you're experiencing like quote unquote success, the way it's typically defined here in the West, what I would say is coming back to some of the things that I just talked about. Well, okay. There's like revenue levels and that's one type of success, but what about the other kinds of success that I want to experience? Are those actually happening for me? And then on top of that, like you may have experienced this, but it's like when you start to hit different revenue levels and income levels, it just becomes clear like, okay, my life's not that different now than a year ago when I was making a lot less than I am now. Right. And I didn't have the fun, like Ford F-150 blue pickup truck and all that stuff. But, but also it's like, for me, at least it was a doubling down on, okay, I know why I'm growing the business. Like I want to help more people. I want to hit a certain level of financial freedom. I want to show my boys what's possible. Like, you know, got all those reasons. And then what I started to shift to, especially in the last few months is like, okay, what causes do I want the growth of this business to support? And I don't know if that's going to be relevant to everyone, but like, as I've gotten clearer, it's like, oh, I want to help single moms. Why do I want to do that? Well, my mom was a single mom and it starts to just bring even more meaning to what's going on with business as it relates to business growth. Yeah. And well, I don't think every business owner needs a big why, right? But you do need some kind of why, right? And it just can't be about, it just can't be about money because uh, honestly, it's too hard to do this for just money. Like it's too hard to create something just for money. You have to actually enjoy the act of creating it. Yeah. 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 And you have to enjoy your experience while you're doing so. Yeah, totally. And and so when you're experiencing success, however you define that, I think it's a good opportunity to look at what lead indicators led you there 
And what do you keep doing? And what do you maybe let go of? Yeah. And on the flip side of that, when you're in failure, if you will, or not hitting those levels of success that you had mapped out, it's digging into like, why is that? And getting really honest with yourself because the biggest factor in all of that, whether it's success or failure is you. Right. right. Yeah. The, the worst part of entrepreneurship is it's always your fault. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like who set that up? Yep. yep. What, what a dumb game we're playing like, <laughs> where you don't even have like a built-in excuse. Yeah. Like totally. you can't ever say it's my boss or whatever office politics. I know. It's just you. We sign up for it day in and day yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> we are not the smart ones. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ben, thank you so much for this. Ben, the empowered CEO, check him out. Follow him on Facebook when he makes fun of all of the hypey internet marketers. It, it makes my heart go pitter patter. And, and also he posts regular pictures of delicious baked goods. Yeah, I try, man. Yeah, and you, and you do a great job. You do a great job. And also every once in a while you get to learn about seasons. Yeah, you know, there's, yeah, you know, I, yeah, try, yeah. I try sprinkle some Chinese medicine philosophy and views in there too. So right, and it's and it's refreshing next to pumpkin bread. So <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Ben. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. It's been terrific. Yeah, yeah. Likewise. Hey, it's Tim. Thanks for tuning into the Kilmer Report. Your support means a lot. If you liked this episode, hated this episode, whatever, please leave your feedback in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you do that sort of thing. And if you're one of the brilliant people who love this, think about subscribing. It'll do you good. 